Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the CONCACAF Champions League Review Show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, as we will be heading back to the second leg in the quarterfinals of the 2023 CONCACAF Champions League. What a second leg that was. Um, Obviously, one tie that we already knew was going to happen. They were too strong, too difficult to face. But when you see an MLS side once again defeating a club from Liga MX, you know that is another notch on the belt. And at this point in time, going to be a fun one in the semifinal round as we're going to have one bracket with both Mexican clubs and on the other bracket, both MLS American clubs. At this point in time, we are seeing American clubs improving in this competition. They're doing better and better and better. Even though I will say, and, and look, I, I'm, I only say this because we have to be honest with the situation that's in front of us. Because while MLS teams are improving and they are getting better and seeing what Seattle did in last year's Champions League was tremendous and that was the first and hopefully of many. And at this point in time, that second opportunity will be laid on the feet of both the Philadelphia Union and Los Angeles FC. Because at this point in time, there is a shift. It's still not big enough, but it is getting there. I only say this because we got to be realistic in the situation that's in front of us right now. The realistic situation that's in front of us right now because as much as I want to see MLS clubs now dominating the CONCACAF Champions League and be our clubs also representing not just the United States but Canada with Toronto, Montreal and Vancouver I really would love to see more opportunities for our clubs to be in those positions for the FIFA Club World Cup. I would love, love to see our teams get better and get stronger and improve. This, my friends, is what we've all been waiting for. This, my friends, is the hopes and the dreams of seeing our clubs uh, jogging out there, not just jogging, but running. Running out there 
and dominating the CONCACAF Champions League and showing that we are ready to go. So all I can tell you is that if this is going to be a fantastic semifinals that we're going to see here. But make no mistake about it. Liga MX clubs will not die so quickly. Liga MX clubs will not give up crown that easily. Because right now, between both Tigres and Club Leon, in my opinion, and from what I have seen from past Champions League tournaments, and so on and so on, Tigris is probably more dangerous of the two for both LAFC and for the Philadelphia Union. And once again, the two clubs in the MLS Cup Championship Final last year are getting this opportunity to go out and battle it out for International Cup Club Cup competition. This is going to be a battle and many battles that we are going to see at the end of April, beginning of May from these four clubs. And this is what we've all been hoping for. MLS versus MLS in one bracket. Liga MX versus Liga MX in the other. And then the big boys will clash in the final in both legs, and it's going to be spectacular. And I'll be honest with you, you know, back in 2018, when the New York Red Bulls were facing Guadalajara Chivas and Toronto FC was getting ready, you know, they were facing Club America, I was thinking at that time, wouldn't it be something if MLS was represented in the final for both MLS teams and at the same time, one representing Canada and the other one representing the United States. I thought we were going to get ourselves a hell of a matchup, but we still got a very good matchup with both Guadalajara and Toronto FC. Because Guadalajara won in Toronto at BMO. Toronto won down in Mexico, at the uh, Estadio Akron. But the aggregate was level, and it went straight to penalties. And unfortunately for Toronto, they could not advance and win that championship from Guadalajara because they took it over. But boy, I have to admit, I thought for sure we were going to see Red Bulls versus Toronto FC, and I thought we were going to get ourselves a hell of a championship final. Because that's the next stage, ladies and gentlemen. That's the next hope and the next goal. To see two MLS clubs representing both the United States, both representing Canada, or one and one. That's the next step in the CONCACAF Champions League. And my hope is with the 
added round for next year's edition. We will see more MLS teams, more Liga MX teams fighting with each other, going at it with each other, as well as these other clubs that will be fighting in their respected club zone tournaments in Central America and the Caribbean. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait. This is going to be spectacular. Because that's all you want. You want this region to improve. You want this region to be better. And you also want this region to be, I wouldn't say surpass Conmebol or UEFA, because I think those, those two confederations will always be the best of the best. They will always be the creme de la creme. But in reality, if you want to say third best or maybe even cha- try to challenge South America, I think maybe that's a goal. But the truth is you're not going to win that because Bowl South American Confederation, look, I don't care how many countries are in Bowl. The truth is they are stronger and better than CONCACAF. The idea is, and always has been, to improve the confederation, improve the level of play, both uh, domestically, internationally, and that also counts. That also counts for Champions League, Nations League, and Gold Cup. We must make sure. We definitely must make sure. CAF improves, the football improves, everything improves in our level and in our part of the world. That's the hope. And once we get there, we can definitely say that everything is going in the right direction. And yes, it is going in the right direction. It is going in the right direction. It's just going to take a little bit more time. And I know some of you will disagree with me with with what I just said, and that's fine. You can disagree with me all you want. It's okay. That's why we like to have debate. You know, what we have seen watching this confederation improve – We're seeing national teams in the Caribbean who are probably pushovers getting better step by step because Jamaica and at one time Trinidad and Tobago were the top two nations in this confederation that were the best of the best in the Caribbean. Trinidad has fallen. Jamaica is a yo-yo. There's some good and there's some bad because they used to be tough. Curacao is coming up. Think it's, you know, it's going to be a problem. And the other problem is, is that these islands, they don't have enough leagues or at least club sides to compete in a proper professional league. 
And that's what's missing in CONCACAF when it comes to the Champions League. Now, don't get me wrong. I am happy that the Caribbean zone has a brand new club competition. Central America has wonderful clubs that always compete hard and they will always fight to be at least in the talking level of supremacy. They're not there yet because right now Mexico and the U.S. and Canada, the North Zone has locked it down. And those clubs, our clubs, have been stronger and better. But do not take those lower-level clubs lightly. Let me also say this. I want to congratulate Violet, AAC of Haiti, who has basically a problem in their nation. We're allowed to play their home games in the Dominican Republic. And not only did they upset Austin FC, they were valiant against Club Leon. And even though they lost on aggregate, they won their first ever CONCACAF Champions League match 2-1, but lost on aggregate by a lot. Because even though they threatened in the first half and they were down 5-0 on aggregate, came back with two goals. Once that penalty struck for Club Leon, it was all over. Because now you're going from fighting back for five straight, you're down now to three, and then what happens? You're going to need five again. Because the away goal advantage went to Club Leon. So that's the story. And we got ourselves a great show for you tonight. Um, Once again, it's the same crew coming on to talk about their clubs involved in the 2023 edition of the CONCACAF Champions League. And so we're going to get ready. We're going to have some fun and a great result, ladies and gentlemen, a great result for the Philadelphia Union. And that result was a 2-2 draw down in Mexico and Guadalajara to Jalisco. Uh, We're going to try again. That doesn't sound pretty good uh, to me. We're going to try that again. But once again, the Philadelphia Union, on two away goals, not only winning the aggregate 3-2, but getting the 2-2 draw, 2-2 draw, down at the Jalisco in Guadalajara, Mexico, to beat Atlas and advance. Once again. And unfortunately, it looks like we're having a problem with Matt's uh, phone. And uh, I'm trying to get Matt Ralph on the phone. looks like he's having phone issues. And hopefully uh, he'll get that sorted out. 
and hopefully we'll get him back on the line and we'll talk some more. But it looks like he's having some phone issues at this point in time. But let me just say this once again. In the second leg, you're leading 1-0 after the opening leg in Subaru Park in Chester. You needed more goals, obviously, but you got one, and that's good. You didn't allow um, – you, you, you just did not allow anything from Atlas, and they were down to 10 men. And so let's see if we can get Matt Ralph back here on the phone. Let's see if we can get him. Maybe it's clear. Matt, are you there? Yep. All right. Great. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Glad we got those phone issues fixed. So, Matt, once again, what a result for the Philadelphia Union going down to Mexico. Normally a nightmare to play down in Mexico for these MLS teams. And what an effort. What a game, and they come out with two away goals, winning on aggregate 3-2, and now you're in the semifinals again. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a wild game. It's, it's sort of what you love, expect and love about uh, about this competition, about CONCACAF, and, you know, it was, wasn't exactly uh, the prettiest of games for the Union, but, uh, you know, they giving up the goals that they gave up, but, you know, they managed to score twice, and you know, even if Atlas gets a goal late, you know, they they have the, they still have the advantage on the the way goal, which which was huge. Um, and you know, of course, the the one zero at home really you know really made made a big difference when it, when it came down to that as well. It really did. And once again, Matt Ralph is from Philadelphia Soccer. Now, um, you know, Keones. Gets that 11th minute goal. Obviously, you know you're not feeling good at the moment. It's leveled at one. But once Carranza, who had a monster game, I mean, really had a monster game. That first away goal was probably the first deflated balloon down at the Jalisco to just quiet the Atlas fans. They must have been shell shocked when when Carranza converted that chance. Yeah, I mean it was incredible. I mean his touch, uh, everything was was perfect uh, to bring that down and to stay, you know, in the end to stay on side <laughs> with timing his run. I mean it was a beautiful goal and yeah he had a he had a great night. Um, you know he hadn't scored in a while for the Union. Um, you know I think he's been he's been he's been solid. I mean I thought I think he is the the guy who draws the, the foul. In, in the in the first leg, when he you know makes that nice touch, uh, smart touch off his chest with the ball uh, to bring the goalkeeper out, and so you know he he hadn't scored in a while, but he was still doing a lot of those those really important things. So um, you have to give him credit for the first goal at home, and so really you know he you know he's kind of uh, you know instrumental in all three of those three of those goals. So really big competition for him, and you know just. Um, continues to sort of pay dividends to the union for their, you know, just their, it was, he was a smart signing. You know, they, they, they saw some things in him that they liked. They thought he would fit better in their system and they, and he's, he's done that and exceeded all expectations. So great night for him to, to, to get those goals. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, he's sort of cemented himself in, in, in club history now uh, scoring two goals in at mile high altitude in, in Mexico like that. 
Absolutely. And I just want to go to the situation. Obviously, Julio Furch pulls a second one back in first half stoppage time. And then the halftime whistle blows afterwards. So what do you think? Your, let me. I want your thoughts first. What are you thinking with, even though the Union are down 2-1 in the match, and at the same time, it's 2-2 on aggregate, what's going through your mind of what you think Jim Curtin should be doing with this Union team, how to do it, and at the same time, what was the hope that you thought for them to advance? Yeah, I mean, I think the defense was a little shaky um, initially, and and, and to their, you know, in their defense, I mean, Quinones have had an incredible night. I mean, he's an incredible player, really, really, really hard to mark. Um, his movement, you know, either whether he's facing the goal or he's got his back to it, I mean, he, he just showed, um, I mean, two things he showed. He showed how great a performance uh, Lowe, uh, Damian Lowe had in the first game to kind of keep him in check and also just how um, how great of a, a number nine he is. Um, I, I think – hands down the best number nine I've seen all season. And, you know, there was, you know, it's, it never really felt like, it felt like they had more goals than them. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's hard to believe on one hand, it's hard to believe that Atlas uh, isn't doing better than they are because they do have, you know, some really great players, but then you see Roach get sent off uh, and you're like, okay, here they are. They, they've been on this kind of self-destruct mode. Uh, really, you know, beat themselves in 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 Philadelphia and Chester. Uh, probably, um, you know, if, if if they don't go down ten men when they do, uh, they probably get a away goal there. So, um, you know, Quinones. Part of the problem with Quinones in Chester was he, I mean, he was like thirty yards away from his his closest teammate, and and that was because throughout much of the second half, because they had a they had to put. They put him up there by himself, and then they had the rest of their ten guys behind the ball uh, to defend against the Union. So, um, you know, the last thing they needed was to have the Union go and score two or three goals in that game. So, um, you know, so I think, you know, Atlas is a team that had goals in them. They're a team that's very talented, and again, for whatever reason, after they had one of their best, you know, seasons in history, winning, you know, winning the double in Liga Mekki, to like you know, basically be as talented as they are, but also as, um, you know, for the, for the fans as nerve wracking as they are. I mean, they've, they've had a hard time finishing games in league play as well with, with 11 men on the field. You know, they were missing a couple guys, key guys, obviously their keeper was out um, for the second leg. And, you know, the guy who got the, the, the defender got the red card in the first leg and they had a couple other guys missing. So, it just it, it 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 really felt like you know that the 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 game was hanging in the balance up up until the Kronza goal. I think the Kronza goal really really was kind of the the one that slammed the door shut. Not completely, but but in the end did. So um, you know it was a great game. I think like I said, um, you know neither team was perfect on the night, but it was it was it was very entertaining, and that's everything you want out of. You know, one of those uh, you know Champions League ties. Now, normally, if we did not have VAR involved in the Concacaf Champions League, the second Carranza goal would have been officially, you know, waved off because mm-hmm. you know 
I know, watching the replay, I, I even I'll admit, even watching it live, I thought he was on. I really thought, I mean, it was tight, but it was yep. tight enough where I thought he stayed onside long enough to accept the pass, Carranza. And even though the offside flag went up, VAR got to the referee's ear, and he said to the, you know, he didn't have to go to the monitor. He just said, okay, if the, did you see it? I trust you. Or I'm going to say it's a goal. And he counted it as a goal, and off you go. I mean, that had to be nerve-wracking when the referee got his hand onto his earphone to make sure he heard correctly what the situation was. Yeah, and, you know, both, both goals went to VAR, but, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those tricky things, right? You could say on one hand, well, there is no VAR, they they lose two to one, <laughs> uh, two to one on aggregate or two nothing on the night. But also, they they're they're, they're basically instructed to call offside calls like that, right? So um, I sort of see it from the the, the, the viewpoint of um, they they did their job, right? Like in the job as a referee, when you have VAR. Is you know you don't have to get it exactly right, but if it's close, you you, you know you put you put the flag up. So I think um, in the sense that in, in the same way that you know the flag will go up late because you know they're they're you know they're, they're letting the play run out because they know when they have VAR they can always fall back and and get it right if, if they got it wrong. So I think in that sense it, it never. I mean live it was. I mean both both one both of them were were close, but. Um, you know, obviously in the quick reply, you know, you knew neither goal was going to get overturned. So in the end, you're sort of happy that the system works the way it does because, um, you know, I think the ref, like I said, the, the ref and the AR, they call, they call those, those a little differently if they know, um, you know, that there's not really a fallback option. And, and really, I think that's how VAR is supposed to work, right? It's, um, you know, you miss a call or, you know, the, there's a crew. Uh, I don't know where the crew is for for Concacaf and it's Atlanta for MLS games, but you know they're they're, they're reviewing these plays in real time, and and so you know it gives you sort of that 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 extra set of eyes on things, and you know we know that <laughs> that didn't seem to work uh, the first time around, and for the Union in the game against Montreal earlier this season, but you know it does I think you know uh, you know I don't know when VAR works you're happy with it, right and. And in that case, it, it did its job, and you know, it it, it becomes a minor nuisance in, in, in the end, right? Because both of them were clearly onside uh, onside attempts, so that, that was that was good. Yeah, it really was. And uh, after all that happened, obviously the double yellow that happened to Atlas and the red card, all because they uh, frustration coming to Atlas on how. Uh, they were behind, not you know, on 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 aggregate because that second Carranza goal made it three two on aggregate, and uh, Jim Curtin leaves Guadalajara with an aggregate victory. I mean, obviously, it would have been nice to see Jim uh, have a sweep in the quarterfinal round uh, for the Union against the Liga MX team. Of course, that hasn't happened since Jesse Marsh in 2018 against Club Tijuana uh, against the solos, uh, but still, though, comfortable victory and very exciting at the same time, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a new, um, it's a new chapter for the team. You know, they've been to the semifinal before, but, um, if you remember, uh, 
they beat Atlanta United, which uh, should not have even been in Champions League in the first place. Um, you know, the whole idea of Champions League is that you actually have to win something to get in, and Atlanta won the Open Cup in 2019 and somehow gets in to Champions League in 2021, which uh, I'm still salty about because it's ridiculous. But, um, you know, beating Atlanta when they were probably – either at or near their rock bottom as a club in their short history. Uh, You know, it was exciting. Sure. And, you know, I mean, Andre Blake put on a clinic in leg one and to, you know, to keep it, I think they had like 20 shots in the first half of that game. So I mean, Atlanta, you know, even though they weren't the, the world beaters that they, they could be that season, um, you know, it was still a big win for the club to, to get into a semifinal. And then of course, you know, get the opportunity to play, um, you know, at Stadio Azteca and then, and, you know, host essentially a road game at Subaru Park with Club America and Club America's fans. And so that was a really cool thing. But to to get to the semifinal by beating a Liga Mackey team in a two-leg um, quarterfinal, I think, uh, you know, just takes them, it takes them to a new level. And I think it, it gets them, it gains them some additional respect uh, where maybe they they don't always get it um, on their in their country or on the continent, so um, that that's yeah that's a really big deal and um, you know and then they get the they get the rematch that you know everybody wanted with with LAFC, so uh, all eyes will be on that semifinal, knowing that for the second straight year MLS will have a team in the final again. So um, it's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, a huge battle in those two 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 games between. Uh, you know, two of the, the top teams in MLS. Very true, and it's going to be exciting to watch when we get to the end of April. Matt, thank you again for joining me. Uh, I will talk to you end of April again. Uh, exciting times for the Union in CONCACAF Champions League play, and it's going to be a fun time when they take on LAFC. Thank you again for joining me. Yep, always a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Matt Ralph, Philadelphia Soccer Now. Joining me as the Philadelphia Union defeats Atlas of Liga MX, 3-2 on aggregate, a 2-2 draw with two away goals included in that to make sure they advance into the semifinals. She could not join me live tonight, but that's okay. I have recorded an interview with uh, the one and only from the heart of LAFC podcast, Araceli Villanueva, and here is that interview right now. Daniel Feuerstein, welcome back to the CONCACAF Champions League quarterfinal second leg review show as we take a look at those clubs from MLS and Liga MX that are involved in this edition of the CONCACAF Champions League. LAFC does it again. It's another 3-0 victory in the Champions League, this time at BMO Stadium in downtown Los Angeles. Once again, Araceli Villanueva of Heart of LAFC podcast joins me to talk about that big victory. Good evening, Araceli. Welcome back. And once again, I mean, nothing much more, really. It's just, I guess, status quo, just pouring in the goals and just pounding the Vancouver Whitecaps into submission. First, thank you for having me back on. It's always great to talk LEC victories, especially in this sense. And, I mean, just the last couple of performances from LEC has just been absolutely mind-blowing that it feels like three is kind of the club's magic number as of right now. It really is. And all you can really say is in this one is that 
great job by Steve Terundolo to basically just ignore the next match and just say, you know what, we're going to put our best guys out there. We have to take care of business. We got to close up on our end and we're just going to move forward and do that job. And they did so brilliantly. Oh, absolutely. There was no doubt that Sharundalo uh, was thinking that he wanted to get this match in. It, it seems he learned from his mistakes from the last match at Aloahense at home because just looking at the lineup, it was clear and obvious that he went full strength and especially with such quick turnaround because um, just two or three days prior, LAFC hosted Austin at home. And just looking at that lineup, you, you could kind of tell where Shalandolo was going in terms of that he had bent McCarthy, Vela um, for, for that match. So to see him in the lineup for last night, it was it, you just knew some magic was going to happen. No, it really, really so. And I, I, like you said, you know, that second leg at home against Aluenza was a problem. Obviously, they did get that fourth goal on, on aggregate to advance into the quarterfinal round here against Vancouver. And, of course, we all know what happened between Austin FC and Violet from Haiti where they, I, I mean, Josh Wolf just took the first leg um, Nonchalantly, I'll try and be kind enough to say that. And, of course, Violet pulls out the big upset to knock out Austin FC to move on to the quarterfinals. Even though they did win their second leg, they lost on aggregate 6-2. But still, though, uh, you didn't want to see LAFC have those issues once again in this quarterfinal matchup. Oh, no. There, there was definitely a lot of upsets. It comes earlier in the tournament. And, you know, as I just mentioned, it, it it is clear that LSC has learned from their past mistakes, and it is only improving from now on. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, basically, Carlos Vela comes in with a brace. He converts the penalty to make it 1-0, and then about, I would say, 29 minutes later, uh, he gets his second of the night, and uh, Carlos Vela once again leading by example as the top designated player for LAFC. Oh, yes. I mean, it's obvious that Denise Wawanga has been the headliner for the last couple of matches, and I know that there was some anticipation with him going into last night, whether he was going to do another 3-0 scoreline or see how many goals he could score. Now, to his credit, he did have three um, attempts on goal, but it was just kind of refreshing in a sense to watch Carlos Vela not only score that brace, but also... Um, sequences getting that third goal win because we haven't really seen much from them as of late in terms of their performance or um, really them like kind of scoring goals to right. No, absolutely, uh, and that's the situation you have. Um, and of course, uh, in that second half, Jose Cifuentes. Uh, I mean, if you want to call it the the dagger. With a final nail in the coffin, honestly, I think Vela did that job all on his own with his two goals. But see if Fuentes gets that goal in the 65th minute, you knew he was happy to contribute. And once again, 3-0 on the match in the second leg, 6-0 on aggregate. I mean, Vancouver really had nothing. LAFC had everything. And LAFC advances to the semifinals for the second time. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, just looking at those goals, you laid it out perfectly with 
Carlos Vela, his first goal that came off of a penalty, the second goal, he was actually assisted by Ilya Sanchez with a through ball, and um, Vela just nailed it home. And looking at the Fuentes, I feel like his goal is going to be one of those similar in the sense to Aaron Long's uh, uh, defending. It's going to be a moment in the tournament to speak about because just looking at that highlight, you just like how how does he defy gravity in the sense of from shooting from the excuse me from his fancy footwork to watching the ball kind of bounce around in the goal before finally landing in the far corner, it's just outstanding. And now we advance to the semifinals, so we'll just see who we face next. You know, ever since Chicho Rongo was um, sold uh, and is no longer in MLS, especially with LAFC, was there a worry about where maybe secondary scoring was going to be coming from uh, for LAFC? I mean, obviously, Gareth Bale retired. Uh, You really can't depend all the time on Carlos Vela. But, you know, is that what Danny Bowanga has finally done Apoku is doing, now Cifuentes is doing, and of course, as always, you know, no uh, Adama either. Uh, is that the, the refreshing thing you've seen with this LAFC team that has done so well so far in the start of this season? I think that's fair to say because when Chicho was sold, it, it, it definitely raised the question as in the sense of who would take his place to be the next leading goal scorer because, you know, as I alluded to with Carlos Vela, we hadn't really seen much from him in the last couple of years. So it was a, definitely a, a big question whether if Bella was going to step up again or if Mahalo was going to take that reign. But I think Bawanga definitely, you know, took that title and really made it his own as of late. Mm-hmm. Very true. And, I mean, not to, like, really, you know, question what Bob Bradley's done for the club. I mean, he's done tremendous things for LAFC before he moved on to Toronto, but as we've already said, um, Chirundolo has done probably tremendous things in his season. In a, I, we can definitely say a quarter for this uh, 2023 season and has done, I would think, tremendously uh, improved LAFC. Where do you see these appro- improvements from LAFC by Chirundolo, and do you think it's going to be sustainable for a good long while? I think we're the improvements that I've seen from Sharondalo, and this is just kind of me personally speaking here, is just his ability to work with the roster, move around the players as needed, including, you know, any large roster turnovers like we saw last year. Because I know, I think we have discussed this at some point in the past, that when Sharondalo was first uh, hired for the position, there was some speculation in terms of his past, past coaching experience but after um, almost a year and a half, you know, going on with his second season, he's definitely proven why he was worth the hire. And he is learning from past mistakes and making those adjustments. And you can see that. there. It, it's definitely a very powerful team. Now, in terms of how far LEC will go this season, I want to be optimistic about it, but the reality is, Beyond CCL, we have uh, our tournaments ahead of us, 
So it's only going to be a matter of time to see how these improvements can um, hold on. Obviously, you're going to be in the semifinal bracket awaiting the Philadelphia Union Atlas quarterfinal second leg that's coming up. And uh, you faced the Philadelphia Union in the MLS Cup final last year and won it in the penalty kick shootout after a 3-3 draw through regulation and extra time. Um, I mean, obviously, probably you don't care who the opponent will be, but will you be hoping for Philadelphia to advance and meet LAFC in the semifinals, or do you think the better competition is Atlas? I think in terms of looking at the recent scoreline of this now, I believe Atlas is leading with 1-0 on the aggregate, so it could possibly be them. Um Again, personally speaking here, I, I would love to see LEFC face Philadelphia. Once again, you know, simply for the headliner of it would be an MLS Cup rematch in a sense. I understand, you know, some fans would want to see LEFC face Atlas, but should history repeat itself and if or should I say when we reach the final, we'll, we, hopefully we'll have our chance with uh, Tigris again. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And, I mean, that's probably going to be the big semifinal matchup uh, on the other side of the bracket. And, I look, I, I think Tigris is going to beat Motagua as well. And I think they're going to face Club Leon. And I, I, I just believe as, as good of a run as Club Leon is going to have, I think we can both agree that Leon is just going to pummel – excuse me, get pummeled by Tigris. Uh, in that other semifinal matchup. So you are itching for a bit of a rematch, aren't you? Oh, yes. I'm definitely itching for a rematch here. And there, there is no doubt that, as of now, you know, Tigris does look like the stronger team. So, I mean, history could repeat itself. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I know LUC will face whoever they get, whether that's Philadelphia or Atlas. Yeah, very true. Then we'll see what happens. So let me ask you this, because um, we got, still have some time here uh, in this segment. Obviously, next year, brand new CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, they're adding an opening round. They're expanding the field. Um, what is your thoughts on that? And obviously, we'll see uh, the amount of times where LAFC, if it's not the Supporter Shield, if it's not MLS Cup, there's possibly the Open Cup, and there's also probably with the League's Cup now uh, getting that opportunity to qualify either in the opening round or go directly to the round of 16 next year. Uh, what's your thoughts on the new expansion of the CONCACAF Champions League for 2024? I would need to kind of look into that a little bit more because I feel like every tournament has been expanding in a sense. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Regardless of LAFC, of whatever route they would have into, uh, if they should, I'm sure they're going to face a similar competition as they are currently. And um, knowing this squad, as of right now, their main focus is just simply to see who they're going to face in the semifinals. And that will definitely be a discussion for next year. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll see what happens there. And, uh, We'll take a look at what's going to be next uh, for this CONCACAF Champions League tournament uh, in the coming years. So it should be a lot of fun. But once again, LAFC, 
winning their second leg quarterfinal matchup against the Vancouver Whitecaps by a final of three goals to nil, and on aggregate six goals to nil. Araceli Villanueva of LAFC joins me today. Araceli, thank you for your time. As always, glad to have you on, and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you again. This is always fun to chat LAFC with you. And once again, it's Araceli Villanueva of Heart of LAFC on the 3-0 victory. And, of course, unfortunately, there's a winner and then there's a loser. And, unfortunately, that's Vancouver Whitecaps. As Michael McCall from Away From the Numbers joins me uh, right now to talk about the Whitecaps. Um, Michael, I mean, it is, it's really self-explanatory, I know, but uh, Vela gets that penalty. It's 1-0 on the night, 4-0 on aggregate, and unfortunately, I think you knew as well as everyone else in Vancouver knew, I think this one was done and dusted, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, I mean, if Ellie had scored, it, it was always going to be over. It was kind of over. I think everyone knew heading into it. What would have made it interesting was Diver Caicedo had a chance in the fourth minute. If that goes in, I mean, it's still a long, long way back for Vancouver, but it makes it makes Ellie think. It makes him think what happened in the 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 tie before and all those things. But it wasn't to be. And I mean, the, the gulf in quality between the two teams was just very evident over these two legs. Why did Sartini switch keepers uh, for the second leg here? I thought he would have at least uh, kept Takaoka in goal in the second leg and. I'm not saying it wasn't a fighting chance or anything, but at least you figured he was going to get the opportunity to at least remain in goal in both legs in this uh, uh, on this aggregate tie. I, I think it was really just for rest with a, a view to the season to come because I, although no one at the club was going to admit it, it, everyone knew it was over and there wasn't a chance. Like off the record chats we had with people, they they didn't expect anything to, to come out of this. So Thomas Asal had come in for the second leg in the first round, which obviously was a 5-0 lead for them, so it wasn't as as necessary to have a good goalkeeper. But, I mean, he's a good goalkeeper and would have been the starter if they hadn't brought in Takaoka. And he had a good showing in the, in the previous round and didn't really do anything wrong in this as well. And Takaoka... He's had a mixed start to the season. That he's been good for maybe one or two mistakes in in a lot of the games so far. Not all of them, but he's kind of started to get the chemistry now with his with his backline. But I think it was worth having a look at Thomas Asal. He's going to be the guy that starts in the Canadian Championship that gets underway in a few weeks as well. So just to give him that time under the belt, and as always with a goalkeeper you're just an injury away from suddenly being thrust into the action. So it's good to keep him sharp. No, I understand that. And uh, still, though, I'm not going to argue with you about that. I kind of thought uh, you'd keep Takaoka in there. But like you said, Hassel is a very quality keeper as well. So why not throw him out there and maybe change things up a little bit if you can. Um, Has has it been an up-and-down start to this season for the Whitecaps, including being involved with Champions League play? Yeah, but not as much as we have seen for some other teams over the years. I think that the slow start was more in part just to the team still trying to get some chemistry. 
But the last couple of weeks, in league terms, has been pretty good. They're on an unbeaten run now of five. They've had back-to-back home victories. They really fancy their chances tomorrow uh, against Austin to at least get a point down there against an Austin side that's out of form and maybe struggling themselves a little bit from a Champions League hangover. So in, in terms of league play, it's gone well. And I think they just came up against a juggernaut in LAFC and... There was a disappointing draw to get LAFC. I think everyone at the club was hoping they were going to get Mexican opposition or at least opposition that wasn't going to be from within MLS. And I think as soon as LAFC was drawn as being in their side of the bracket, you knew it was going to be a tall order in this competition for them. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and unfortunately for Vancouver, that it ends in the quarterfinal round. I, 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 I try not to ask you or ask anyone from Vancouver. I mean, we know Montreal went to the final and fell to Club America. Toronto went to a final, fell to Guadalajara. Um, you know, is Vancouver... Obviously, you know, maybe one day they're going to make a magical run themselves. Did they foresee themselves going deep in this competition? Or do you think they're just not there yet? They're not there yet in terms of, of having the quality difference makers that I, that I think that they need. But it's a competition that I know the, the higher-ups in the club value. Like Axel Schuster, the sporting director, wants the club to do well in this competition seeing Seattle's victory last year, and you have to say, you maybe fancy another MLS team to, to do it this year as well. It puts the competition on the map a little bit. This whole Club World Cup now as well is something that the club would love to be involved with. So this year, they're, they're targeting winning the Canadian Championship again to get into the competition next year. And then the more often that they qualify for it, you can maybe start to attract some better players. But I just feel this competition's maybe a little bit beyond them right now. Mm-hmm. No, I, I absolutely agree with you there. I think uh, very soon, hopefully somewhere down the road, uh, Vancouver will be stronger and better, and especially this competition. Um, obviously, next year there's going to be more spots a couple more spots given to Canadian teams, obviously involved with the Canadian Premier League. And I know you don't just cover the Whitecaps. You do cover some of the uh, clubs that do perform in the Canadian Premier League. Do you think we're going to see some of these clubs do a little bit better? I know um, Hamilton Forge had a nice opportunity uh, in the addition, I think, last year. Uh, do you think maybe Pacific has an opportunity or any other Canadian club in the western side of the country? Do you think they have a solid chance to qualify and make a big run now, now that we've got that extra round starting next season? I, I think they do. And I actually had a chat with the Canadian Premier League commissioner earlier today for our show, and he's so excited about the prospect of this. There's going to be guaranteed two Canadian Premier League teams in the, the draw next year. Technically, if a Canadian Premier League side won the Canadian Championship, they could actually have three teams in the Champions League next year. Forge are definitely the team that's got the best chance of making a run. They are a team that could go head-to-head with the, with the, the MLS sides in Canada for, for sure. And they were unlucky this year that they got drawn with Cruz Azul, 
and they hadn't obviously played a match yet. It was two months before their season gets underway. That's always going to be the downside for the, the CPL teams because the, the tournament just starts way before they're ready and way before they've had a chance to get competitive games under their belt. But obviously, like the US Open Cup's a, a big thing down there and our Canadian Championship's expanding as well. I'm involved in a, a League One side, which is kind of like Tier 3 here in Canada. And they won League One last year. So they're in the Canadian Championship for the first time. And they're, I guess, technically you could say, four victories away from being in the Champions League themselves. So it's exciting times in Canadian soccer. Whether they can compete when they get up against the Mexican Giants or even the MLS Giants, I don't know. But get them a good draw against any other team from another country and they've got a really good chance. No, I agree with you there, and I think they have an excellent chance. I want to throw this out at you because um, I don't know how you feel about League's Cup. I have been uh, grumbling a lot about it. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's a, it's a competition that should never have been considered uh, to be uh, an official competition because, unfortunately, CONCACAF was forced to include them to be given three spots into uh, the first round for next year's Champions League. Do you think if, even if CONCACAF did expand the CONCACAF Champions League and they have those three extra spots, do you feel it would have been best to not only, well, obviously on the American side of things, uh, an Open Cup runner-up taking that one spot, uh, give another spot to Mexico for the uh, Copa, Mexico, as well as, as you know, the Canadian Championship winner goes straight into the CONCACAF Champions League, but would you have given it to the runner-up as well for the Canadian I mean, Championship? Would, yeah, I mean, that would certainly have worked, and it, it would open it up to more teams. I, I think I'm possibly one of – I'm an outlier here in that I quite like the League's Cup idea. I don't like it being smack bang in the middle of the season. I just think that's terrible. To shut the league down for, for a month is not ideal. I like the idea of the competition because it's, you're, you're testing yourself against teams from other countries. The, the Whitecaps, for example, they've got a home game against Lyon. So something like that is a bit different and will attract people that maybe wouldn't have come to watch a, a tournament like this. So in theory, I like the idea of it. I don't know about giving three spots from it, though. Like, even if you just gave two, and then you'd have to kind of work out where this other spot went. But for me, anything, any tournament that's got something that's worthwhile at the end of it makes it a bit more valid. So at least this does have qualification spots. I don't know about giving a, a spot to the Canadian Championship runner-up because you have the CPL teams coming in and stuff now. I think the US Open Cup, I, I would be all for the runner-up in that getting a, a spot as well, just because that's a, a tournament that I love as somebody that comes from a country that just loves cup football and my team in Scotland's notorious for cup runs. And I feel that the US Open Cup is a tournament that is so undervalued and I don't think a lot of people in America fully appreciate what a wonderful tournament they have in it that give them an extra spot and you maybe add a little bit more sort of credence to it. Well, I will say this. Um, yes, it's undervalued. 
Uh, believe me, plenty of American football supporters love the, the Open Cup. Just sometimes the Federation, uh, it's a hit or miss from their side of things. But, yes, it is underutilized and it is underappreciated at times. But don't worry about that, Michael. It's getting better and better. Just got to get more and more uh, press on it, and hopefully everything will be just fine. Uh, but definitely everyone loves to watch uh, knockout cup competitions. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's my favorite kind of tournaments, and I think that is why I'm excited about the League's Cup. I, I don't know what the best timing for it would have been. Like a, a pre-season League's Cup, I think, would have been very exciting and would have maybe got clubs a bit better prepared for Champions League for the MLS season. The end of the season as well, potentially, but then you've got weather and stuff like that as well. It just it, it just feels weird to shut an entire league down, or I guess two leagues, League MX as well, just to shut that mm-hmm. down for a month. And the, the peak of the season, when you've got kids off school and they're maybe going to be able to come to more games and stuff like that, just the timing of it is weird, but I like the concept, and I like that it it will actually mean something. Yep. No, I agree with you there, and and don't forget as well, you know, it also separates the uh, Open Cups match schedule, including I would have to assume even the uh, the Canadian Championship schedule, if yeah. Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver are still alive deep into that tournament. So we'll see what happens there. Where does Santini go on from here? Obviously. As we already talked about, League's Cup, another round, the Canadian Championship, MLS play. Where, where do you see you know, him ending up at the end of this season? I, I think confidence is high. When, when you look around the rest of the West, aside from LAFC and Seattle, that, who are the two class acts right now, every other team is very capable of finishing third or fourth. And I do include the Whitecaps in that. They've got some really good quality. They've got some really good young guys coming through as well. If they can stay injury-free, which they've already had the designated player, Sergio Cordova, out with an injury. But if he can come in and find his form and they can start scoring the goals, they, they should definitely be a playoff team. If they don't make the playoffs, Sartini's contract's up at the end of the year. I would not see that getting renewed because... When 9 of 14 teams make it, if you are one of those five teams, you have had to have had a pretty bad season not to have made that. So they should definitely be playoff bound. I still fancy them to be fourth if they can continue what they're doing at home and get these wins and grinding out the results. They just have to learn how to win away from home. And they haven't done that since, I think, June last year in MLS. So if they can find that magical formula... I think they've got a chance of getting a home playoff tie. And that we'll see what happens towards the end of the season. But anyway, Michael, unfortunately, Vancouver will not be advancing into the semifinals. But listen, good luck with the rest of the season. And hope to have you back on again soon to talk more Whitecaps uh, during this regular season. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you soon. That's great. It's been a pleasure, Daniel. Thank you. Michael McCool, away from the Numbers podcast, talking about the Vancouver Whitecaps. And uh, once again, they fall to LAFC in the second round, uh, second leg, I should say, three goals to nil, but on aggregate, six nil, and it will be a big MLS matchup. Now it's time to talk about those clubs from League MX, and once again, joining me from FMF State of Mind of SB Nation, Eugene Rapinski joins me. Eugene, something about Club Leon finally (laughs) spoke to us. 
They, they even they finally, though... uh, hmm? they finally got the monkey off their back, it, it, it seems like. It seems like it. I mean, look, this is probably the deepest they've gone in the Champions League since I can ever remember. But I will say this. Even though it's not played in Haiti, and it was a neutral uh, location in the Dominican Republic, Violet, you cannot say anything negative about them. They fought, scrapped, scratched, clawed to the bitter end. They had that two-goal lead in the first half in quick successions. Once again, uh, Mishi, Nader, Cherry puts the scare in Leon, but... The penalty was converted by Brian Ruby on the 30th. They get the away goal, Club Leon, and it's really just smooth sailing from that point on. Yeah, I mean, truly hats off to Violet. Um, you know, they are kind of the feel-good story of the tournament. Uh, it's a shame that they had to go out, um, but, you know, Leon, you know, we, we talked about it last week, right? They, they, they were going to go in, and it was going to be a tough game, uh, but they – did what they had to do. Um, they when they when Dilat scored the first two goals, uh, I, I kind of got a little worried. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. You know the history uh, with Leon and just kind of how uh, how good Violet has done and, and uh, the story behind it all kind of made me uh, kind of sit up and take notice and go, well th- th- this might actually be happening. Uh, but yeah, like you said, when uh, when Leon got that that away goal, uh, that that was it. I think everybody kind of knew that was uh, that that was it. Uh, the the clock had struck midnight on Cinderella, and, and uh, you know things were changing back in the pumpkins. So, yeah, that's a real tough one for them. But look, they fought brilliantly. No one thought they would ever get that far in the Champions League this uh, this uh, tournament. So, look, they did well. They did get a win. It's just unfortunately, it's aggregate that's most important in this competition. Not so much the wins um, individually in each match. Now, what is going on with Atlas? I know you're probably a little mixed emotions here. It's the Union. It's Atlas. But, I mean, the Philadelphia Union goes down to Estadio Jalisco in Guadalajara, and they find a way to not only get the advantage on the aggregate, but they score two big away goals to prevent Atlas from going past them and surprising them. Did you think Atlas, this is a shock that Atlas was going to lose this tie? Uh, was it a shock? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I obviously looking through this with, you know, blue and gold uh, tinted glasses, uh, you know, I, I will say that. So I always kind of thought the union uh, had it in them and, and could, could do it. I think, you know, them taking the lead down, down to Guadalajara was big. Um, I, you know, Atlas uh, missing, uh, uh, they were missing Brian Lozano and um, on the, cent- uh, the, the center back that got sent off as well in the first leg. Um, you know, that was, they were always going to be uh, kind of behind the eight ball with that. Um, and yeah, like, you know, the union just kind of went down there and, and played well and Atlas looked rattled. Uh, I mean, they had several, several kind of shots that looked, like they would be easy uh, to kind of put in the net and, uh, you know, headers just went wide and shots went high and uh, they just couldn't execute. And, um, you know, I don't know really what that says about Atlas. Uh, You know, I think maybe on a different night uh, they could have pulled it off. Certainly it would have been a much tougher game for Philadelphia had Atlas had 
all their players available, but, you know, I mean, part of the game is making sure everybody's available, right? Not picking up bad yellow cards, uh, you know, and then not getting sent off and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. So if I'm not less, I, I'm disappointed, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly surprised or worried, I guess. Um, Aldo Rocha got double yellow in succession late in that match, saw red and sent off uh, descent. Uh, I think he also uh, tapped the uh, referee on the shoulder, but not in a nice way. And uh, it was like, that was it. You're done. You're out of here. Uh, yeah, you could he... tell the frustration on, on, on Rocha's face on that one. Probably everyone on Atlas was frustrated that night. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get the frustration, but you got to be better than that. You know, screaming at a referee has never changed their mind, at least in any game that I've ever watched, and I've been watching a long time. Um, you know, uh, he's not going to win that argument. Uh, you know, the, the best course of action would be just to kind of, you know, shake your head and walk away. But, uh, you know, his emotions got the better of him. And, uh, yeah, you know, he got he got the double yellow and, and sent off. And that that was, I mean, that was kind of it. You know, I mean, they 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 were still in it for me at least up until that point. And once once they went down a player, it was it was like okay, that's that's over. Um, you know. No, I understand that. What happens to Benjamin Moore, if you don't mind me asking? Um, is I mean, is he uh, is his job in jeopardy now with Atlas, uh, with this with these results and what's been going on this season so far? Uh, I mean, I I don't have any inside information. I, I gotta feel like any coach in Mexico is always on the hot seat um, unless, unless you just won the championship and even even then sometimes uh, your seat's probably a little warm but you know I I, I, I don't know if this is necessarily it um, as far as things go for him uh, you know I mean there's still there's still season left to play um, in you know in the league uh, Outlast isn't in the strongest uh, position at the moment. They're in 13th. They're just outside of Repachaje, um, which is kind of like the, the wild card, if you will, to, to get in. Uh, so, you know, I think if he misses the playoffs, you know, he's probably going to be looking for another job. But I don't necessarily think this was it. I think this may contribute to it at the end of the season if he is, in fact, let go. Um, but, yeah, I, I – I wouldn't think this would be it. I think Atlas, uh, you know, like I said, as far as the league goes, they're still in a decent position to make the playoffs, um, you know. So, you know, who knows? They can they can get a win or, you know, get a couple points uh, over the next couple of games and, and get in. His job may be safe. It, it may not. You know, you never, you never know. We'll never know, and uh, that's a tough one to see what's going to happen. And finally, of course, uh, I mean, no surprise here. Motagua, I mean, it, it wasn't going to be pretty for them. 5-0 in the second leg, 6-0 altogether. Andre Pierre-Ginoc does it again, two goals in this one, and then just the damn breaks and uh, tons of goals are hitting inside Motagua's net. I don't know if I've asked you this. How lucky has Tigres been ever since the Frenchman came over and just been a, a goal-scoring machine for them, period. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I remember when they signed him, and it, it was such big news, and it was like, okay, 
he's going to be there for, for a few seasons. Uh, you know, my, my thinking at least at the time was he's going to be there for a few seasons. Um, going to have, have a couple of really good seasons and then, you know, he may go elsewhere, you know, and, um, you know, or his skills are going to drop off. He's going to retire. And I feel like every year I'm like, okay, this is the year where he, he find, his skills finally, you know, kind of drop off and, and he's not the player he once was. And, and I'm still waiting for that to happen. I mean, this guy is amazing. Uh, you know, I, uh, I I could only wish I, I was uh, that good and in shape in my late 30s. <laughs> We call it the Dick Clark syndrome, even though he's not alive anymore. <laughs> uh, so are we ready for the semifinals here? I mean, this is going to be a big one. Tigris versus Leon uh, on Tuesday, April the 25th at 10 o'clock at night. Um, I mean, look, I mean, I don't want to say too much. I mean, I, I think I said it during the, my intro monologue. I think... Leon is dead is a dead duck here because I think Tigris is too strong for them. But I mean, can you see Leon edging them somewhere during these uh, these these semifinal ties? I mean, what are we seeing here? Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's possible. I think Leon's been playing really good. I mean, they're in a good uh, good vein of form in the league play right now. Uh, you know, they're they're in fourth place with twenty six points. Tigres is in seventh with twenty one. Um, you know, so they're they're doing well in, in league play. Uh, you know, is the is the monkey finally off their back as far as uh, as far as Champions League goes? Like, I don't know. Um, but you know, they've they've been doing what they needed to do, and they looked good doing it uh, as, as well in Liga Mekis play. So, and, and not to say that Tigres hasn't. Uh, Tigres has obviously been you know uh, Tigres about everything. So um, it's it's been very it's been very interesting to see how, how those dynamics are playing out. Uh, some, something fun uh, to, to keep in mind is that uh, between the two legs uh, in, in the Champions League is going to be the final game of the season in Liga Mekis where Leon will be hosting Tigres. So uh, throw a little extra intrigue and drama into something that should already be filled with intrigue and drama. And uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Sounds like it. Give me your Philadelphia Union perspective. Going to be another round with LAFC. This time it's a two-leg series. Well, you think the Union are going to advance, or do you think uh, it's Coises foiled again? Oh man, I don't. Uh, can I stick to the Mexican stuff? <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. I really don't. <laughs> I mean, look, I I think the Union have really put a lot of focus on Champions League play. I think, you know, even to kind of the detriment of, of league play so far, um, I, I think this is their, their big focus, and, and kind of rightfully so. You know, they you know, they, they really fought hard to get into the Champions League and, and to get back there. Um, you know, they don't want to not waste the opportunity, but they don't want to let it kind of uh, pass them by. You know, I think when I looked at the group uh, that they were drawn in and saw that Atlas was really going to be the only Liga Mekis team that they were going to have to face, I said, okay, this this is going to be good. This is going to be, um, you know, something where they can they can take advantage of it, right? Um, we knew 
we knew Atlas was probably going to going to advance um, in, in the first round. We knew Vancouver and LA were going to go too. Um, you know, so you look at that and you go, okay, well, you know, I, I'm comfortable with either of those. You know, especially with the chance to get revenge against LAFC. Don't don't think anybody here has forgotten um, about about that and about some of the uh, the. the uh, shenanigans and, and uh, smack talk and, and all that stuff that, that went down. So, um, you know, I'm I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, we, we get, a, a, I guess, an ounce of revenge against L.A., um, to, to be perfectly honest. You know, just keep that in the back of their mind, uh, how disappointed and uh, awful it was to lose in penalties uh, you know, and, and not get uh, the cup last season and, and use that as motivation going forward to uh, to get one over on L.A. And then, you know, then they're in this CCL final against either Leon or Figueres. Well, we'll see what happens. And obviously, uh, we have uh, mutual interests in a different sport in the, in the playoffs, hockey. <laughs> you know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. It's all going to start on that Tuesday night. So I just want to wish you good luck on that. But uh, other than that, I'll talk to you uh, in about two weeks in that first semifinal, uh, first leg uh, review show. But thank you again, Eugene, for joining me tonight. My pleasure. And, yeah, may the the best uh, team win, Dan. That's right. Have a good night. Thanks again. All right. Eugene Rapinski. FMF State of Mind of SB Nation joining me tonight. I want to thank my guests, Matt Ralph, Philadelphia Soccer Now, RSL Villanueva, Heart of LAFC, Michael McCall, Away From the Numbers podcast, and Eugene Rapinski uh, from FMF State of Mind. Here is the schedule for the first leg of the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League, Tuesday, April the 25th, at the Estadio Universitario. Tigres will be hosting Club Leon. And then on Wednesday, April the 26th, the Philadelphia Union will be hosting LAFC at Subaru Park. That will be at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. All CONCACAF Champions League matches will be seen on Fox Sports 1. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me this coming Tuesday night for another regular show. Thank you for listening. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.